the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that your Wednesday is going well and your commute is going well. Today on our show, we're going to process the midterm election results, uh, both locally and in our state and nationally. I've got a guest with me, Jeff Hunt. Uh, He's the director of Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. How's your day going? Oh, <laughs> that is a loaded question, my friend. I think like a lot of us, and listen, you know, it's Centennial Institute. We're a 501c3, so we're not in the business of getting anybody elected. But we do work in public policy. We try to shape the laws of the state to reflect biblical values, and we're not going to be doing that much. And that's the kind of sad reality of hmm. last night's elections, especially here in Colorado, is uh, it was in many ways an outright rejection of the biblical worldview, and there's a lot of celebrating taking place in Colorado, which I I think is really heartbreaking. For those of us that grew up here, grew up in Colorado Springs area, we remember the influence, the impact of uh, ministries like Focus on the Family and how they could direct uh, laws and shape laws in this state, and it just feels like uh, that's yesteryear, and this was really a breaking of the conservative kind of movement in Colorado in ways I've never seen, and I think it's probably going to take us a generation to recover from it. Yeah, it really is heartbreaking, and it's it's more than leaders and laws. It really does reflect the hearts of our state, and I think that's that's the heart, heartbreaking reality. Yeah, like, so, I mean, that's why it kind of all caught us off guard, right? And we're all sitting there going, what just happened? Like, we, we are not doing well in this state. And typically, in any other capacity, if our leaders are not doing well, well, you just replace the leaders. It's not that complicated. Right. That's happened in elections over and over and over again. And that didn't happen. And so we're looking at our state. We've got crime, homelessness, education's not doing well. We have record drug overdoses. We've got all these problems. And then we just stayed with the people. And so we, we, we all kind of go, well, why? Yeah. And, you know, I think it comes down to worldview. I think worldview is more important to a lot of the voters here than necessarily addressing a particular issue. And the worldview that they support is one that, uh, that voters primarily support in the state is one that's not biblical. Uh, their specific rejection of it. They want kind of a libertarian license to do what they want. They want to be able to marry whoever they want. They want to be able to uh, hook up if they want to. They want to, you know, if they get pregnant, they can just, you know, 
get rid of the, the preborn child if they want. They want to use drugs. We saw that on mushrooms right. uh, yesterday. They want to be able to use drugs. So this libertarian streak that runs through the state of Colorado is very, very strong, and they're aligning themselves with whoever just allows them to do whatever's right in their own eyes. We've, we know all of this in the Bible. It doesn't work out well when people live according to what's right in their own eyes. And so uh, we have an entire state of that now, and they're electing officials that allow them to do that. And, you know, the hard part is we're kind of in a death spiral when it comes to conservative values in this state. Anyways, we're going to kind of be like California, where uh, it it becomes so overwhelmingly liberal that you can't get anything done. And Hmm. uh, a lot of conservatives will leave the state. I've heard a lot of conversation about that today. It's I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to go to Texas or Oklahoma or even Florida. Right. And in many ways, if you look at the national, the national stuff, you see that people are aligning in different states. And what's happening in Colorado is people that want to live in a state that's very liberal, very progressive, very worldly are coming here, and families that don't want this are leaving. And the result is it's just kind of perpetuating. That's why I said we're kind of in a death spiral. It's just going to get worse and worse until something breaks, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's heartbreaking for me, too. I've lived here since uh, February of 2000, and all my four kids have been born here in uh, Colorado Springs. And let's just talk through some of these local races. You know, Prop 122, uh, the decriminalization of magic mushrooms. It was close, uh, but unfortunately that passed. You know, give us your thoughts on that, Proposition 122. Yeah, so in many ways, this is like living, uh, the, you know, uh, the, the return of the zombies, because we many of us live through this with cannabis in Colorado, right? They, yeah. So they, they kind of piggyback on the idea that uh, there are people suffering, veterans suffering, and now this is there's some promise here, and so we want to give them access to it. That is not the intent of it. That's not why they spent $5 million to pass this in the state of Colorado, and it was all outside money, and it all came from tobacco companies and marijuana companies, because mm. this is an open door to commercializing another drug, okay? And that's what they did with pot, right? So pot was right. originally sold to us in the early 2000s as trying to heal people. Now we have more pot shops in Colorado than we have McDonald's and Starbucks combined. That's crazy. Okay, so it's, it's become, it's become a, a drug for profit, and they're making a lot of money off of it. The rest of us are not. Uh, we right. had a big report a few years ago that found for every $1 of tax revenue that the state takes in, we spend $4.50 dealing with the effects of it. So uh, it, it's a total loser for the general public, but there are some people that are making money on it. And now this is the next step for them. They're going to continue this kind of drug-for-profit model. But listen, I mean, like I did an interview on CBS News National on this issue. Um <laughs> If you watch television tonight, you watch the news or you watch CBS News, uh, you're going to get drug commercials where they explain every possible side effect that you could ever maybe even possibly have. Why? Because law requires it. They went through the FDA process. They researched it. They want to know how that drug interacts with your heart medicine, how it could interact with your asthma medicine, anything like that. And then then you get to Colorado, and we just – Hand that decision to voters. Like, we know how psychedelics are really going to interact yeah. with anybody, yeah. right? And so we just kind of turned it over to people to vote, and they said, sure, go ahead. That kind of libertarian attitude that we still have in Colorado. And, uh, and, and you know, the, the problem is this is not going to stay 
in someone's basement like they right. said plot would. We've had a 100% increase in marijuana-related traffic fatalities in yeah. Colorado. People get behind the wheel. There's consequences to this. So uh, it, uh, Prop 122 is just going to bring greater chaos to the state. Uh, we have moved from Bedford Falls to Pottersville. If you ever seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, yeah. We're no longer Bedford Falls. This is uh, this is a different state now. Yeah. How about on a national level? You know, we've got a few minutes and then we'll head to a break, but uh, fill yeah. us in on Florida a little bit. How'd you feel about DeSantis with his victory there? Yeah. So Ron DeSantis four years ago wins by like a point and then Yesterday wins by 20 points. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> how did that happen? One, there's a lot there. So first of all, uh, he's a great conservative leader. He's very clear as to who he is. He's very articulate. He takes the media on. He's a good, strong, values-based, principled, bold leader. He, You know exactly where he's going, and he's not going to let anything stop him, and people like that. Yeah. Squishiness, they don't like, all right? But then secondly – as I mentioned with Colorado, you know, demographics is destiny and policy shapes demographics. So uh, over the last 10 years in Colorado, we've created a perfect state for single libertarian, drug using, mm-hmm. abortion seeking type of people. Right. You can come to Colorado and that's the life you can lead. California, they've created a place where you're not going to be forced to wear masks. Your business is not going to be shut down. Your kids aren't going to be forced out of schools during the COVID stuff. And a lot of conservative people like that. So they've had a conservative influx. Yeah. And that's really a big national story, Pastor Eric, is that, yeah. uh, is that you have states that are starting to coalesce around wildly different values. And Albert Mueller talked about this today. In the 1960s, Republicans and Democrats generally had the same beliefs. That's not the case anymore. And uh, they're changing, changing states. Yeah. I've got Jeff Hunt with me from Centennial Institute. We're processing the election results. Stay with us. we got a lot more to come right after the break. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Today we're talking about the election, the election results, kind of how things went, and looking at a biblical uh, worldview. Always wanting to look at current events through the lens of Scripture. Jeff Hunt is with me. He's the director of Centennial Institute out of Colorado Christian uh, University. We were talking about Florida just before the break, and, and Jeff, you were mentioning that you really see people moving uh, based on the policies of, of states. Do you think Florida yeah. really reflected that, that some conservatives moved to Florida out of states like uh, Colorado, and it affected the elections. Yeah, I, you know, and I think we're going to see greater levels of that. Um, we are in uh, facing a serious division in this nation. Uh, as I mentioned, kind of Al Mohler mentioned this on his broadcast earlier today, that generally for most of the history of this nation, we had shared values. That's why I think a lot of people weren't super involved in elections, because what's the difference in the 1960s between one county commissioner and the other? I mean, not a big difference. School board, maybe not. And and Yoram Hazoni, who's this great conservative philosopher, gets into this as like, uh, really, it's only within the last few decades, uh, kind of post-World War II, that you had a different value set be introduced to America. And unfortunately, it's really taken hold. And it's kind of 
a woke Marxism approach, right? So what do mm-hmm. we mean by Marxism? Well, we're, we we catalog everybody by different groups, and then we think of them as oppressors versus oppressed. And so um, you can see this play out everywhere, right? You have LGBTQ as an oppressed community by uh, Bible-believing Christians, and so uh, we must stand with LGBTQ because they're being oppressed. And, and, and But they d- divided that by race, they divided it by gender, they divided it by sexual identity, they've identified it by economic class. And so now you have all these divisions that are taking place and, and kind of a, a, a rejection of the Christian worldview of uh, that we're all one in Christ, that we hold people to the content of their character, the Martin Luther King view uh, of, of judging a person by the content of their character. So now you have two different, radically different worldviews, the historically biblical Christian worldview and the neo-Marxist woke worldview. And some states are embracing those. California, I think Colorado, I think that was the heartbreaking thing about yesterday's election. And uh, and we want to be optimistic, but it's going to be really hard in the state of Colorado. And so you have... These, the, you have these states that are coalescing around that, and then you have states that are coalescing around the uh, kind of traditional conservative biblical worldview, Texas, right. Oklahoma, uh, Florida, and I think people are moving. I really do. I've had yeah. a number of people that worked in politics here in Colorado that are like, I'm heading to Florida. Yeah, and I've so had several for, people uh, in our church, the same thing, you know, come to me and said— We've just had it with Colorado uh, policy, and you know we're we're moving to Florida, we're we're moving to to Texas, and so I've I've seen it at our church as well. Yeah, well, and so where's the where does this go? And I think a lot of us think, well, this division is going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I think we can take some insight from Israel and some of the recent elections and what's happening in Israel. I had some uh, I had dinner with uh, some Orthodox rabbis recently, and we were having this conversation, and, you know, Israel for a while went pretty progressive, right? and this kind of a liberal, uh, uh, reformed Jewish tradition, but that worldview doesn't perpetuate itself. So after a generation or two, there's not a lot of children from those families around because they mm-hmm. just chose not, they, they tend not to have kids. And what happened in Israel? Well, just recently, this kind of revitalization of the Orthodox worldview has has taken place because they have families and they have big families. Orthodox Jews have you know ten kids, right? Right. And 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 then they have kids and then they have kids and so uh, you know we think that this division is going to continue to get greater and greater. But that neo-Marxist, leftist, liberal worldview is it doesn't perpetuate itself. They're not getting married. They're not having children. They're not transmitting those values to the next generation. So they just kind of stop. Um, and I think conservatives, uh, Bible-believing Christians, I think they're going to do okay in the long run because we transmit those values to our children. Family is very important. In fact, it's our, it's our top priority next to our faith. Right. Even above anything else, and yep. so uh, we 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 pour into our children. We're homes homeschooling, and I got to tell you, Pastor Eric, I work with college students right now. Uh, I am seeing a difference in especially young Christian conservative women. Hmm. Um, in, in, I'm a millennial. A lot of the women that I went to college with were really set on careers outside the home, uh, the kind of 40-hour work week, uh, pursuing that career opportunities, and they were set on that. 
I've noticed this next generation, they really like the idea of building a peaceful kind of home away from the craziness of this world. And the idea of homeschooling pouring into their children seems to be a high priority to them. So I'm optimistic that in the long run, uh, we will turn this state back around. We'll turn this nation back around. But it's going to be, we're going to face some really challenging years here. Yeah. One of my hopes and prayers as a pastor in Colorado Springs in Colorado here is that God really uses all of this to turn people's hearts and lives to Christ. You know, when it's dark, the light shines the brighter. And, you know, you often think about, well, what would it be like to live in a, another country as a missionary? Well, I think we're starting to live that out here in Colorado. Like yeah. a lot of our neighbors, yeah. our coworkers, our, our friends, they don't know Jesus. They don't have a biblical worldview. So I think it's really time for the church to wake up. Like we have real purpose here in Colorado Springs you know, all of the women that unfortunately are going to be coming to Colorado for abortions, it makes right. all of the pro-life work that much more important. Uh, our pregnancy resource centers, you know, the women are coming here and getting second thoughts and, and calling the pregnancy resource center and going and getting an ultrasound. So it's all the more reason for believers to be engaged with Christ, engaged with his mission, to live out a biblical uh, worldview. And maybe the opposition will really strengthen the church somehow and in God's redemption, you know, a silver lining in the midst of all of it. Uh, you know, I wrote a, a memo today in light of this election to my board at Colorado Christian University, and I said, it's going to get harder. Taxes are going to get greater. We just saw recently this really horrific article in the Denver Post that's just a direct attack on the Archdiocese of Denver. I mean, mm. outright Christian bigotry um, and, and you know, it totally misrepresents the Catholic Church's position on transgenderism and, and LGBTQ issues and stuff like that. And it's just mean-spirited. It's just an attack. And so it, that's, that's kind of a precursor of what we're going to face. And I think they're kind of feel uh, that side feels unleashed in this state. So it's going to get worse. You're going to see more Jack Phillips issues. I mean, poor Jackson, on like his eighth uh, you know, yeah. court case, Jack the Baker from uh, mm-hmm. from Lakewood, Colorado. And now you have Lori Smith, the 303. So you, we have two major Supreme Court cases that are just coming from this state to defend our right to practice our faith. Yeah. So it, um, you're exactly right. It's going to get more challenging. We're going to deal with people that do not have a biblical worldview. And what's really, really important is that Christians cannot remain on the sidelines here. Right. Uh, no longer. I often say you want to. One of the most important things you can do is spend five minutes going to a city council or state legislature committee meeting. Just five minutes, mm-hmm. and you will learn in five minutes that people that you would never hire for any aspect of your life, you want to hire them to walk your dog, you want to hire them to mow your lawn, you want to hire them to watch your kids, or writing the laws that affect every aspect of your life. It is so eye-opening. And you go, these people don't share my worldview at all. Like, it's not even close. And so they're writing the laws now. And, and so on, on one level, Christians need to get involved in the political process as good stewards of the time God's given us. Listen, we don't live under a Caesar. We don't have to deal with what the early church dealt with quite yet. Um, we have the ability to change our laws. We're a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. So thank God we live in this time. But we are facing really serious opposition. I think it behooves Christians to be to love their neighbors by getting involved in the process to shape the laws that we know benefit everybody, right? Proverbs 29.2 says that when the wicked are in control, the people mourn, but when the righteous are in control, the people celebrate. There's a common grace. There's a goodness 
that takes place when Christians are shaping our public policy. That's right. Jeff, great thoughts. Uh, Stay with us. We're going to tackle more of election results right after the break. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well, navigating the traffic okay, and dealing with uh, daylight savings time. It's a lot darker sooner out there. We're processing the election results both here in Colorado and throughout the country I'm blessed to have Jeff Hunt with me. He's the director of Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Uh, Jeff, uh, let me get your thoughts on Georgia. Uh, that's sure a close race. Uh, how do you see that going forward? <laughs> yeah, once again, it's it's like the the return of the zombies, right? We've got yeah. <laughs> we've got uh, a runoff in Georgia, just yeah. like we did. Woo! What was it? Two years ago or a year ago? It feels like. Uh, uh, and so uh, because. Neither Ralph Warnock or um, Herschel Walker was able to get 50%, more than 50% of the vote. They uh, go to a runoff. And so what you will see is just the same stuff we saw two years ago, a ton of money going into that one state because whoever wins that controls the Senate. And and that's a big difference. I mean, there's not little differences between the parties anymore. There's big differences, big worldview differences. And so they're going to run uh, one side or the other is going to run bills that the other side doesn't. And so there's a lot at stake. I mean, think about energy development, think about commerce, think about free markets, think about Ukraine, think about uh, all the, all those special interests are going to be putting money there because they want to win on their side. So expect this continue. And then we saw, you know, that President Trump's likely to announce he's running for president next week. Um, that's going to be a dynamic that adds. I think the big winner last night was Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think uh, yeah. he did a, a, a great job with Florida. So now yeah. he's got kind of a mandate, right? A, a little mandate to run for maybe president. And so uh, there's DeSantis a whole lot that's going to be coming. Do you think DeSantis might announce that he's running in the near future? Well, uh, so he's just elected to a four-year term as governor, but uh, in two years, there's a presidential election. And so one of the chants last night at his election rally was two more years, two more years, <laughs> not four, but two, because they want him to run for president. Um, so I think because of last night, there's a strong mandate for Ron DeSantis to run. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the Trump approach to politics was really right, spot on in 2016, but I think people are getting a little worn out by it. Uh, and in Colorado, I host a really big event called the, the Western Conservative Summit. It's one of the largest right. gatherings of conservatives in the Western United States. And we do a straw poll, and it's a nonpartisan straw poll. We're not picking winners or losers from our perspective, but we want our attendees to be able to choose. And for the last two years in a row, Ron DeSantis has beat Donald Trump. Hmm. Um, Donald Trump only came to the state twice as president of the United States. This was not a high-priority state for his campaigns. And so in many ways, and I worked for Mitt Romney in 2012, so I remember when Colorado was a priority state for a presidential campaign. Um, And it wasn't for for. Donald Trump. And so in many ways, we've been out of the cycle here in Colorado. We haven't been right in the center in the way maybe a Georgia or an Ohio or Pennsylvania is. Right. Um, and people are going, I haven't seen the president out here. Uh, I like Ron DeSantis because I get all of the uh, uh, the, the, the fight 
that you get with Donald Trump, but without the personal attacks and the kind of the personal baggage that comes right. with President Trump. So that's what I'm hearing. We'll have to see again. We're nonpartisan. We don't pick winners or losers right, in any campaigns. Right. Um, but uh, it, 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 I guess the message is politics isn't going away. I think a lot of us were going, hey, all right, it's Wednesday. Uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas, <laughs> and I can't wait to spend time with family. Uh, not so fast. You've got a big race in Georgia now, and you've got people announcing for 2024. And, yeah. Uh, that train, that political train is just going to keep on rolling. Yeah. How about Nevada and Arizona? How do you see those yeah, two going? So- uh, Arizona's still up, but it's looking like it may go well for Republicans in those states. And listen, even at this moment in Colorado, not all the races have been called. Lauren Boebert, I think, is within like 70 votes of wow. uh, CD3. So uh, I'm seeing all this breaking news coming that she may win, she may not win. So uh, it's still all up in the air. But I will tell you, I've talked to a lot of people who just wish for the days when we could decide the campaigns and the elections in one day. Right. I've heard that uh, a lot today. To, yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember what those days were like. Like, yeah. uh, you went and you, you, you voted and, uh, and if there were issues, you took place, you took care of those issues at the voting place. There, there's now lawsuits around whether or not the, there's a proper signature on the ballot that was mailed in or was it dated properly. And, and, and so now you got all this, this flurry of lawsuits. It seems a lot more complicated. And I think what people are really looking for, especially in the political process, is they just want it to work. Right. Uh, they want it to be clear. They want it to be transparent. They want to go vote on one day, even if we have to stand in line. My proposal is that we kind of move away from the mail-in ballots. I don't know if we ever will. Our cultures kind of embrace that. But uh, go back to one one day. You give, make it a national holiday so people get to take the day off and we go vote. And that night we know the results. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if, if American Idol can count 50 million votes in a commercial break, right. um, I think we should be able to count votes yeah. uh, in a single night. So uh, there's a lot of confusion. But Arizona's still up. Uh, Carrie Lake, who's the running for governor there, uh, looks like she may be able to pull it out. And then, of course, there's a Senate race there. Mark Kelly, the astronaut, uh, is, is facing a challenger. And um, and that may go Republican as well. So uh, there's still a lot up in the air with regards to who's going to control the legislative agenda yeah. uh, for the next two years in Washington, D.C. So it's possible Republicans could have the Senate and the House of Representatives by the, by the end of all of this. But I think we're going to have to wait a little bit. Especially with Georgia, uh, that runoff won't take place until December. So, uh, unfortunately, you may have a, a, a Thanksgiving dinner conversation with in-laws and relatives that revolves around politics and the Georgia race and Herschel Walker <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Ralph Warnock and all that stuff. So uh, it will continue. And, you know, here's the truth. I think most of us as Americans would prefer our elections not to be so consequential. Right. Right. Wouldn't it be nice if the government wasn't so big and powerful and therefore it it wasn't such a demand on who would win? Uh, It could not be as consequential. And so um, I'd love to go that direction where we're starting to limit government. Um, Right. Our our old uh, famous president at Colorado Christian University said that uh, Jesus did not set me free so that the government could enslave me. Yeah. So he was, uh, he, he, did, he was not a fan of big government. He, uh, yeah. he liked limited government, too. 
Yeah, one thing I try to keep in mind is like, what's the purpose of government from a biblical perspective? And I think Romans 13 really brings that up where God ordains government for the purpose of holding Mm -hmm. evil in check. You know, that's really Mm -hmm. God's desire for government is to, to hold evil in check. So if you're electing leaders, they should at least know what right and wrong is and know their purpose to to hold evil in check. And I think in our country, government's just gone way beyond that, um, where it's not just about uh, restraining evil. Uh, it really has grown to a big government type of mentality. Well, and one of the brilliant things that our founders understood was that if you create something really big without checks and balances on it, it will naturally uh, be used for evil, uh, right? right? So they understood that that men are naturally evil, and and so you've got to have checks and balances. We've got to have a limited government. Here's what I think happened, especially post-World War II. We got the idea that we could use the government to solve some of our social problems, and we liked it, right? So mm. let's say uh, the idea of educating children, especially poor children that couldn't afford private education. We said, hey, we can create a system where every child in America is educated, and wouldn't that be great? And we'll have taxpayers pay for it, and they will receive an excellent education. And everyone said, that's awesome. Let's Mm. do that. So the original idea and the original intent was great. But we didn't hold what the founders understood, that you create these systems. They can absolutely be corrupted. And so what's happened with education? There's nothing to do with education anymore. It's all about indoctrination and these entities— these special interest entities that don't care about education. They care about kind of indoctrinating your kids to become kind of leftist, woke, you know, Marxist, uh, have gotten control of the situation, and they're now in control of, of our education. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Hunt is with me, director of Centennial Institute. We're going to head to a break and be right back. We've got lots of great stuff. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7. The word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I have Jeff Hunt with me, the director of Centennial Institute. We're discussing and processing the results of the election. There's a lot uh, to talk about. Really appreciate uh, Jeff Hunt's uh, time. And, you know, Jeff, one of the things that I'm thinking about uh, through today's program is where do we go from here as Coloradoans? You know, I think we yeah. can easily get uh, discouraged. Um, but how do we as believers get involved in the public square, and what are some ways in light of the results today that we can continue to move forward? Yeah, well, Pastor Eric, thanks so much for having me on, and thank you for your, your wonderful program. Uh, you know, it's um, first of all, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's going to yeah. get a lot harder before mm-hmm. it gets any easier in the state. And uh, we have, for the last decade or so, uh, created policies that have attracted people that like the idea of being able to utilize drugs, to uh, have sex without consequences, that type of thing. And so they've come here, and they are the majority voting bloc. Uh, the the old days of Christian conservatism in, the, in Colorado are gone. So yeah. we've got work to do. Um, listen, the most important thing you can do is just be a faithful steward of the laws that are around you. And I know a lot of us get overwhelmed by that. You go, what does that mean? Do I need to go to county commissioner meetings? Do I need to go to school board meetings? Well, I think what we've seen, especially in the last few months, in the last few years, is that parents, when they get involved in the education process of their children, can make big impacts. Yeah. And we, first of all, we exposed the fact that they're driving, the schools are often driving an agenda 
that it, it isn't in line with our values, and that's scary, and they're teaching kids stuff that we fundamentally disagree with. Uh, and so we got involved. We started to expose it. We've shaped school boards, and, and we've taken kind of education back. And so, you know, I think we adopted this idea over the last 50, 60 years that generally people share our values that are in government, and we don't really need to pay that close of attention. They're experts. The county commissioners are experts. The, the, the school board leaders are experts. And so I'm just going to focus in on my own career. I'm going to focus in on raising my family, and I don't pay that much attention to it. And uh, that kind of inattention uh, over the last decades has allowed bad ideas to fester that we know are unbiblical and that harm people. And so we've just got to start out by paying attention. Um, but I will tell you this, we absolutely need good Christian statesmen and stateswomen. Right. We need people yeah. that are going to raise their hands and say, I care about the laws that are being written. Uh, they reflect a worldview. I don't maybe agree with that worldview. And so I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and argue as to why my worldview is better for everybody and leads to human flourishing in this community. Right. And step up, and we need great leaders. We need a William Wilberforce here in Colorado. And then one of the things that I love, going back to Scripture, so when I first took this job, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? It was about seven years ago. I opened up the Bible, First Timothy 2, 1 through 4, and it says, first of all. I said, first of all, well, that's great. It's right there. First of all, first thing I should be doing. Um, it's Paul writing to young Timothy. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, yeah. that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. And then this, I love this last part that they may come to a knowledge of the mm. truth. Amen. So what are we praying with regards to our elected officials? Are we praying that the right people will be get elected? Sure, that's important. But it says that we're praying that our elected officials would come to a knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine if all those people that got elected yesterday that we don't like, all of a sudden came to a knowledge of the truth. So now what is the truth that we're talking about? Is it mathematical truth? No, not necessarily. Is it scientific truth? No. Is it philosophical? No, not the Bible's definition of truth. The truth that they're talking about there is that Jesus Christ came to this earth, was born perfect, lived a perfect life, had no sins, and was crucified, dead, and buried resurrected three days later, sits at the right hand of God and invites us into a personal relationship with Him. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Could you imagine yeah. if the politician you didn't like yesterday came to a knowledge of that truth and then committed his life to following Jesus Christ? And we don't realize this, but some of the greatest Christian statesmen in this world came to faith after they were already in office. William Wilberforce hmm. did. We all saw the movie Amazing Grace. Right. Right? He came to faith after he was already in office. So we didn't, maybe you didn't vote for Jared Polis or Michael Bennett. Have you been praying for him? Right. Have you been praying that they would come to a knowledge of the truth? That's good. I think if we start there, then we can make some serious changes. And I'm, I'm, I know one of them, one of them out there that's maybe not supporting biblical values, I think God can get a hold of them, and that would send a big tidal wave of impact 
uh, throughout our political system. That's great. One of the things that I've been sharing and believe wholeheartedly is it is a great time for the gospel. You know, God does yeah. a great, great uh, work when things are dark and there's power in the gospel for us as believers to live and proclaim the gospel. And with that, getting involved in the public square, because as you mentioned at the first half of the show, these laws and leaders represent a worldview. And, and yeah. these issues are dealing with a biblical worldview. Maybe that wasn't the case in the past years ago, but it's definitely the case uh, today in 2022. And I've been trying to encourage believers today, too, that God's on the throne. You know, even though Mm. these elections maybe haven't turned out the way that we would have wanted, uh, God is still working. And it doesn't mean we don't get involved, uh, but we are able to come at this from a place of trust. That's exactly right. I'll be honest with you. I had some kind of David-like conversations last night because I'm in the yeah. midst of a lot of stuff going, uh, God, why do my enemies always win? And I don't seem to be winning in this state. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> the Lord the Lord and I had, had we, we had a, uh, an honest conversation. Yes. Um, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. Um, and I've been through hard elections. I've lost uh, really good people that would be great leaders. And they just lost. And it was so heartbreaking mm. for me. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, God God brought other people, and he's in control. I, even I need to be reminded of that. Yeah, me friend. too. So I'm preaching you, to myself, Eric. too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff, how can people find you? How, how can they find the Centennial Institute and and hear more from, from your voice? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, go to centennial.ccu.edu. So we're the public policy think tank at Colorado Christian University. Very unique university. Number five most conservative university in America. Deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. We often say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is our foundation. It's all we do. We're educating so many people. It is This university is soaring. 1,500 residential students on our campus. Mm. Eight thousand students in all 50 states around the country taking classes online getting degrees for adults so if you are if you're really looking for that next chapter of your life and you need a degree to kind of open that up for you uh, check out CCU. And then we've got the Lee Strobel Institute for Apologetics. Mm. So you can get a certificate, you can get a degree in apologetics uh, and learn from some of the best out there on how to defend your faith in the public square. So we're a bold university founded in Jesus and things are happening there. So we invite you to be a part of it. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for, for all of your work uh, in, in this realm of the public square. I really, really appreciate it. And I I know you're at the tip of the spear uh, fighting the battle, and we're with you. And I love that exhortation you gave to us at the end uh, to be praying. I know I'm not praying for Governor Polis like I should and, and Michael Bennett, and we do serve the God of the, the impossible. Nothing's impossible for him. So the, thanks for all your work, and, and thanks for your encouragement today. Pastor Eric, thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. God bless you and all your listeners. All right. Have a great night. You too. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I've had Jeff Hunt with me today. He's the director of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. If you missed part of today's conversation, this will be posted as a podcast. So anywhere that you find your podcasts, uh, you can listen. Just type in Crosswalk Colorado Springs and it should uh, come up. Just a reminder, we're here Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6, so make sure to plan on joining us back on Monday. Hope you have a great night. Remember, God's on the throne, He's sovereign, and God bless you.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.